Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, short time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Peyton. Did you know worms have both male and female genitalia? Green. And making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools, Zach. Worms also share a mouth and anus in the same hole, Barlow. You know, I'm surprised that we did not learn that on this journey. I know, right? That's the like, way- of all the gross things you're going to say about worms, I feel like that would kind of yeah, have to be one, right? That's my number one worm fact, and Stryker didn't even touch it, man. Like, what are you doing, man? In fact, it's, it's probably one of the only things I know about worms. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's the most important thing to know about worms. It's it's the only thing that Worms got going on for him, honestly. Yeah, like, almost everything about Worms sucks other than that one. Mm. That one's cool. This is a show for longtime wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to take you through some of the biggest shows, matches, and rivalries in wrestling history. Or, at least, whatever kind of fits the, the crazy narrative I'm trying to spin here. Whatever torturous thing Peyton has devised for today. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of you out there might be saying, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm I'm clueless. Well, trust me, to understand the the beauty of what we're talking about today, you don't even need to know about wrestling. And if you don't, don't worry, because I don't either. So, Peyton, what, what do you have in your little torture chamber for me today? Well, today is Halloween. When this episode comes out, not oh, when yeah, we're recording it's a very, it. Very, very spooky episode. So I, I, ha- I had to, you know, I had to do it to him. I had to give the people what they really want for Halloween, and that's the Boogeyman, the spookiest character in WWE history. You know, as far as trick or treat goes, why do I feel as if I have been tricked here? I certainly have not been treated by being. Forced I to watch think our this. viewers are being treated. Um. I don't know why I never thought about doing a Boogeyman episode before, but it was like coming. I was looking at when this episode was going to come out, and it was Halloween, and I was like, I should do something Halloween themed. And what better than the Boogeyman? Ah, he's coming to get me, that's for sure. So Boogeyman was a um, a short lived, but much longer than you'd expect, and much more I mean, successful than I thought. Because, I mean, the Boogeyman, the Boogeyman doesn't, like, truly, truly, like, leave the, the, the business until 2009, makes his debut in late 2005. So the man has, you know, about a three-year career. Wow. Now, to be fair, none of his matches last longer than, like, three minutes, but... But, yeah, considering that he's just allowed to, like whoop people too for a long stint of that is just shocking to me Uh, this was just during wwe's weird gimmick see the wwe went through a lot of like weird gimmick phases mostly during the 80s and then during kind of the mid 90s and then they started going with more serious stuff and getting away from the supernatural stuff, but for some random reason, they decided to bring it back here. They were like, hey, if The Undertaker worked, why not Boogeyman? That's the thing, you know, and I, that's one thing that I think we, we really need to dive into as we go, is like, what makes a gimmick character work versus what makes a gimmick character absolute trash? Yeah, and I think part of that is the performer. So, absolutely, and but I I also think that there's a fair level of once you do something too gimmicky, too over the top, you can never come back from it. In this case, that thing is worms. Yeah, yeah. That so so let's let's kind of explain who the boogeyman is. It, 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 why why don't you list some of the boogeyman's attributes for for our audience? Um, okay. 
carries around the clock like Flava Flav. Smashes his head into that clock. Shoots fire. All that stuff. Actually, kind of cool. But then, in like his second appearance ever, he ate some worms, and then like his whole gimmick just became, hey, now he's worm guy. Hey, anytime Boogeyman shows up, you know there's going to be worms, and he's going to eat them or make someone eat them or drop them out of the ceiling. Because he's the Boogeyman. He's coming to get you. Remember when we watched the documentary Beyond the Mat and Vince McMahon was like really impressed with draws and that he could puke on command? Yeah, I knew when I watched this that that was a Vince McMahon idea right there, the worm eating. I feel like Boogeyman, they were like, well, there are some things you can do. And he, he can't really wrestle, so he's like, uh, 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 I eat worms. And they're like, that's it! You know, to be fair, we have no idea whether or not Boogeyman can wrestle, because he never really gets the opportunity to. Uh, no, he doesn't. Um, and, and that's the thing, is that that kind of character that he's doing, it just doesn't really work. And it's kind of been done before. Because there's a uh, Papa Shango, uh, who later became the Godfather, did like this voodoo guy gimmick, and it's basically basically the Boogeyman is just a compilation of every like supernatural horror monster character WWE's ever done. Yeah, and without the the without whatever it is that makes those characters work. Lacking yeah. any kind of creativity or charisma or, or you know, in-ring prowess. That's the thing. The reason that, like, people like Undertaker and Kane work is because they're really good wrestlers, like, aside from their gimmicks. And also, their gimmicks were done in a time where something like that hadn't been done before. So right. it was new. Boogeyman just feels like, oh, I'm I'm piggybacking off all this other stuff. And, you know, they could do some mic work. They could do some character work. The Boogeyman, I don't know if he can do any of that, but literally his only thing is that he just eats worms and does weird shit. And here's the thing. I feel like they did too much weird shit in the early days that they ran out of stuff pretty fast. You can't really escalate that far from worm eating. You did, then everything is just, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, if Boogeyman shows up, there's gonna be worms. Yeah, and if there's not, everyone's gonna be disappointed. Right, exactly. You create, once the expectation of worms has been created, then you've really trapped yourself in that character. You know, he's like he's like a band, you know, who, you know, everyone, like, knows that, that one hit song, but he's like, hey, man, I got a lot of other, I got a lot of other music that's way better. This is just the one that got popular. It's like everything Pearl Jam did after Tin. Yeah, Worms are basically Boogeyman's Freebird. <laughs> um, so let's launch into it. I, I think we got to kind of start from like learning a little bit about the man behind the Boogeyman. His name is Martin Wright. Um. And uh, he he first uh, tried out for, for wrestling during the fourth season of WWE's Tough Enough, um, which Tough Enough was a reality TV show where people all over the world got to compete um, for a chance to be physically and verbally abused by WWE wrestlers in order to win money and a WWE contract. Oh, so he won a reality TV show. Oh, no. (laughs) He was cut from the reality TV show after they found out that he was 40 years old, which was uh, the competition had a 30. You couldn't be older than 35. But he also said he was 30. You know, though. So he tried to lie about his age by 10 years. Is there anything more WWE than lying about something like that blatantly? Yeah. And why 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 go so far over? You know, why say that you're 10 whole years younger, 5 years younger than the cutoff, you know? 
Um, so he was disqualified, but they uh, they liked him for some reason anyway, and they decided to bring him to their developmental territory, Ohio Valley Wrestling, for training. Um, and uh, he ended up becoming the Boogeyman. So the Boogeyman's like 40-something years old? Well, the Boogeyman is now 55. Okay. Wow. But yeah, he was 40 when he started. And that's... Which is pretty old for a wrestler. Most wrestlers are dead by then. Yeah, man, that's really old for a wrestler. So, you know, props to him for, you know, starting his wrestling career so late in life. It's all those worms, man. They keep him going. Yeah, they keep him young. Um... So, uh, so let's go to, it's not long after that they decided to bring him up to the main roster because, you know, why the fuck not? Yeah, why not have him out here beating people like JBL? Yeah, that is the thing. They kind of launch him into, into kind of, that was a weird thing about the WWE in those days is they would like to put brand new people into feuds with like established stars. Yeah, I guess to try to make them, which makes a little bit of sense. Um, it does, but not when the match lasts five minutes. Yeah. Um. Apparently, so he was kind of one of those guys who was always troubled by his own body, um, because he. Was supposed to debut sooner, but he hurt both of his knees and had to spend time recovering. Yeah, that's what happens so when the, you're 40. The first vignettes start airing in July of 2005, but he doesn't actually show up on on WWE TV until October. Um, so let's talk about this vignette, which actually was kind of not... I mean, it was silly, but it was like also... Not bad for what it was. Uh, yeah, no, I really do. I really <laughs> do like uh, this vignette. It's very fun. You know, it opens and it's like showing you this door, and there's this spooky voice that's like, Behind that door, the one very close to the bed, you know, the one you're afraid to open at night, the one with the handle that always falls off, and you're like, Oh, fuck, I, I just want a jacket, now I have to deal with all of this shit? The one that's, like, off the hinges just a little bit and won't shut properly, so you have to lift it. Yeah, that door. The boogeyman lurks. And I have to, uh, to really, um, compliment Boogeyman here for being the first and only wrestler I can think of who made his debut by coming out of the closet. <laughs> you know, very, very progressive. Oh, man. Um, I watched this, and you asked me in here what, what, I, what I thought of the Boogeyman when I was a kid. I fucking thought it was rad as shit. <laughs> I, uh, I remember I bought, a, I got this Boogeyman action figure ring. It had, like, a Boogeyman with all his, like, fun little trinkets, and it came, came with a ring, and it had, like, a sticker of a pile of worms to put in the middle of it. Okay, but I feel like that is exactly who the Boogeyman was targeted to. Um, was like, you know, the 5th and 6th graders at the time. Um, he's definitely the WWE going for the younger crowd, I think. Yeah, Because nobody sure. else, like, really thinks eating worms is cool, other than kids. Kids are like, Which... oh man, he ate worms. This was in a weird time where WWE's product was kind of, it was like after the Attitude Era, but it, they were still kind of marketing towards adults. So I think this was a time where they were trying to get all of the audience. Right. Um, so it kind of come, ends up with weird shit like this. But, I mean, it does make a transition to the WWE nowadays. Well, I, I would have heard they're kind of getting out of it nowadays, but at least in the, like, 2010s, uh, a lot of that being done to cater to that young audience. Yeah. Yeah, they were a little bit more silly kind of PG, whereas now they're family-friendly but still, you know, kind of realistic. Right, right. Um, so over the course of the next few weeks, the Boogeyman starts popping up randomly in back backstage in closets and vans. 
saying, I'm the boogeyman, I'm coming to get you. But it's at the Survivor Series pay-per-view where we first see him in a WWE ring. So it was it was Survivor Series 2005. We're right in the middle of this uh, SmackDown versus Raw rivalry. And um, so one of the matches they decide to have is to have the two general managers have a match. Eric Bischoff, Raw general manager, and Teddy Long, SmackDown general manager. And you know anytime you get two non-wrestlers in the ring, you know it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be so good. Hey, you know... Why do they even have wrestlers when they have people laying around like Eric Bischoff? Yeah. I mean, the guy knows karate. He does. He's a black belt from what I've heard. See, the very first time Eric Bischoff had to have a match in WWE, they he like did this whole thing where he was training for the match and doing karate, and they decided that they would just keep that up for years whenever he would randomly have a match like once every five years and it's so funny to me the idea that this like old white man who is clearly just doing things that he saw in karate kid (laughs) pretending that he is a black belt in karate (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they also do this weird thing where they have like a raw and smackdown ring announcer they have the commentators which they pick the two worst ones they pick michael cole and jonathan coachman and they have two referees, which I feel like that's got to be complicated. Yeah, I, I would say so. How the fuck does that even work? Uh, uh, Teddy Long just dances around and Bischoff tries to do karate. They don't really have anything resembling a match. Yeah, but they do Teddy have... Long, according to the commentary, is really juking and jiving all around. And I, I know, that was, that was, you know... I not... feel like, and I can't put my finger on it, I feel like that's somewhat racist. Maybe just a touch. You know, and I'm going to say that about the Boogeyman as well. Yeah, there are some things here. Um... Uh, it, we're getting some distraction by Palmer Cannon, who was the uh, UPN executive. That was his character. Very short-lived. Um, because we all know there's no there's no fucking, like, network at UPN. It's just like... It's it's just like one dude who really loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer who's putting everything on yeah, there. Yeah, in a, in a trailer with a big like broadcast antenna on top of it, and he's just hanging out in there with a bunch of raccoons, and he smokes weed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so eventually uh, the Boogeyman's music plays, and it's really funny because the announcers go, who is this? Even though his music starts with, I'm the Boogeyman. <laughs> Like, he introduces himself in his music, so... And also, he's been showing up for a while, so it's like... I like that... I presume that that is him in the intro saying, I'm the boogeyman. Yes, I I believe so. It sounds like him. Yet it is... Well, we don't really know if it does, because he never talks. Oh, no, 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 he talks some. I think think we probably just... Well... Honestly, all he says is, I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. I don't know that he really says anything other than that. Um, but uh, he ends up coming in and he, and he pump handle slams Eric Bischoff and crawls out of the ring and Teddy Long gets the three count. Um, so, you know, there's, there's old, old Boogie. Okay, um, why does his face look like a strawberry? <laughs> Because that's scary, man. It's so spooky. And then, like, yeah. also, okay, like, I understand. I sort of drew the line that the giant clock means your time is up, maybe. But. I suppose. I don't really know. But he just, he, like, you can't do it after Flava Flav did it. You can't. Yeah. Uh, Flava Flav, the original so scary about Flava Flav. And Flava Flav also ate worms. That is true. That's um, what his show, his famous show, The Flavor of Worms. Yes! <laughs> so we're going to go to Boogeyman's highly anticipated wrestling debut on the next episode of SmackDown, December 2nd, 2005. He's going to be facing Simon Dean. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Simon Dean. Yeah, let's let's talk about Simon Dean. I, I get that he's... Basically, I know nothing about him. This is what I've gathered from this match. 
he's sort of like a Richard Simmons? Uh, uh kind of. He's so this was really 2005 2004 to like 2006 was WWE's weird experimental gimmick phase. So Simon Dean's gimmick was a fitness trainer who tried to sell his Simon system to get you in shape. He was basically like a pyramid scheme dude. Okay, gotcha. Um and he would just come out and like call everyone in the crowd fat and that kind of shit. He was also he was also uh in ECW, he was Hollywood Nova of the Blue World Order. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, he uh he now does this gimmick which is Oh man, something what a fall. Mhm. Now, I okay. And this is something the cycle, the life cycle of a gimmick character, I guess. Like when you're a gimmick character and you know you are. Like there's no way that that Boogeyman or Simon Dean don't know it. Um and you have another gimmick character arise and debut and kick your ass and you just know, you know it's over. Yeah. I mean that is kind of kind of the uh the life cycle of a gimmick character. Is the gimmick gets old and you start and then you 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 are the kind of the the sacrifice to the next gimmick character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it's a kind, great way it's to kind play. of like the Sith, you know, they they uh they take over for their own master. Yeah, there can only be two. The apprentice has to defeat the master, and then... Have you ever heard the tragedy of Simon Dean the Wise? <laughs> um, so Simon Dean is being dragged down to the ring by security. Why? I don't know. Like, I mean, like, why is it... Why does security have to get involved to make sure that this wrestling match happens? Yeah, you know, um... That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, so the boogeyman crawls out to the ring through the fog. He smashes the clock on his head. He's from the bottomless pit. Uh, That's sort of a fun place to be from. Yeah, no, I've never visited there, but I hear the weather's nice. <laughs> Um, it's got a, it's, it's very low, it's very far below sea level, though. Um, (laughs) He's still got the glass on his head as he comes into the ring. He's convulsing, he ain't got no front teeth, and he's frothing from the mouth. Taz says he thinks it might be worm juice. Ah, and he, and like, you know, okay, Taz. Taz sort of ruins for us the gimmick. Like, he, you know, the... We don't know about the worms yet. We will. Yeah, soon had he not eaten out. worms yet? Yeah, I don't think he ate worms yet. Yeah, I think this is his first his foyer into worm eating. Maybe he ate worms at some point. We just didn't see it. Um, Simon is trying to throw his health products at him, and he's like, "No boogie, no." Um, and I I'm gonna use that shorthand for the rest of this. I'm gonna be calling him boogie. I'm just gonna call him man. BM. <laughs> uh, so Boogie takes a handful of worms out of his pocket and starts eating them. He throws some worms in Simon's face, and then he hits him with some kind of reverse body slam and pins him for the win. And then he leaves, and the worms are slithering all over the ring. And I like it when they try to watch the replay, and Michael Cole is, like, freaking out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so he, he pretty much just completely wrecks Simon Dean, you know, taking taking his spot as the gimmick character Highlander for for the yeah. moment. He's the top of the mountain. Um so the Boogeyman's first uh, real rivalry is going to be with JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, former WWE champion at this point. So really getting kind of launched into a into a big spot here. Um a little bit of background on JPL at this point. He uh, he is has a valet who is his fixer, Jillian Hall. She's supposed to be like his publicist. Um, her whole gimmick is that she's got this weird mole on his face that everyone on her face that everyone points out, but she seems oblivious to. Oh, so the weird mole was not just invented for this? 
No, no, no. Yeah, she just has a mole. She's basically like uh like uh King John in uh in Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Where she has a mole and doesn't know know about it. Um so they decide to bring Roddy Piper of all people back to have uh Piper's Pit. Uh, which is his his little talk show segment that he did throughout the eighties and nineties. Um, he's making fun of Jillian's gross mole. He says the damn thing's got lungs on it. It's got more hair than George the Animal steals bum. Uh, yeah, they're and, really uh, just uh, really just running running her down on that. Um, yeah. But so uh, you know, I, I mean, this is Peyton. really weird. Gimmick Central. Whose idea was it for? Okay, let's have a character, and her whole like personality is she's got a weird, gross mole on her face. Yeah, and I feel like you know, a one trip to the dermatologist, and this is solved. Well, the boogeyman's going to act as a dermatologist here. Um, oh, good. I'm glad that he can write prescriptions. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, he can do surgery. Oh, wow, that's um, pretty impressive. I know, right? Uh, so, Piper invites his other guest, the Boogeyman. Uh, as apparently, Boogeyman has been torturing them for a while. He put worms down Jillian's panties. Yeah, that was uh, gross, to say the least. Um, Isn't it weird that, like, okay, they keep talking about how bad his stick smells... Yeah. And I, I said stick, everyone. He's got this stick that smoke comes out of, and they say it smells bad. And I'm kind of curious to know what it smells like. Is, are the commentators just describing the smell? Or if you were there in the audience, could you actually smell his smoke stick? I, we have to interview someone that was there. Uh, if you were, if you saw the boogeyman between the years of 2006 and 2009, and he had a smoke stick, let us know. We'll interview you on this show so you can tell us how it smelled. Mm-hmm. I will say his smoke stick is like the one cool thing he has going on here. Yeah, it's the one part of his character that like? works. You know, what do you think it smells like? Um, hmm. If I had to guess, I would say lavender. Oh, okay. See, I thought you were gonna say something that actually smells bad. No, no. But all the WWE guys, they don't know the good smells, so they think the good smells are bad smells. Mm. Yeah, because they're always around the sweaty, sweaty man smell. Exactly. They're like, this is the smell I like, the smell of locker room. Mm. So, you know, all Boogeyman did is bring in a a big old diffuser on his stick and try (laughs) to clean the place up a bit. Yeah, it's incense. (laughs) Uh, JBL is going to push Jillian into Boogie. He grabs her by the head, smells her mole, and he licks it before finally just biting it off her face and eating it. Um, yeah, which is like, okay, super gross, obviously, but also when they show the close-up of the quote-unquote mole, it just looks like the prop department melted a bunch of gummy worms together. Yeah, because he bites it off, like, real clean, too, and he's just kind of smacking on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it's all bloody, and it is it is kind of kind of gross, to be fair, but like, whose fucking idea was this, man? So I guess she lost her. Uh, the The boogeyman gains power in absorbing yet another gimmick. Gimmick destroyer, the boogeyman. Yeah, Jillian Hall went on to her next gimmick would be that she sings but bad. Ah, yeah, because everybody's got to have a gimmick. Well, and because if also if you're a lady, your gimmick has to be that. If you're a hot lady, your gimmick has to be that gross men can laugh at you. Yeah, if you're a heel. Right, yeah, right, it has it has to be yeah, it has to be, ha ha ha, ugly, ugly, untalented, bad lady. <laughs> I am superior to hot lady, cause I got a pee pee. <laughs> so we're in the midst of this uh, JBL boogeyman feud. Uh, JBL is gonna have a match on SmackDown on July 27, 2006, with one of my all-time favorites, Scotty Tuhati. Oh, really? He makes it into the Peyton Green Hall of Fame, huh? Yeah, I loved him as a kid, because he danced, and he did the worm. I'm going to tell you this, Peyton. I hate to to burst your bubble here. 
Scotty Too Hottie was invented exactly for white kids like you. I know it. And it worked. <laughs> um, so JBL is coming out in his limo. We get to see all the crazy things Boogie has done over the last few weeks. JBL's looking for Boogie under the ring. Jillian has a Band-Aid where her mole used to be. Uh, JBL's going to dominate most of the match till Scotty hits the super kick, and he sets up JBL for the worm because that's his finishing move. And get it, the worm. Uh, and Boogeyman likes worms. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but like, I feel like they had to. Um, but before he can hit the worm, JBL's going to take his damn head off with a clothesline from hell, and that's when the ring post starts smoking and Boogie's music starts playing and worms. Start raining down from the ceiling. Taz says what is the funniest thing I've ever heard during this bit. They're like, what is that smoke coming out of the ring post? He's like, maybe he's burning worms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cooking up. You know, sometimes he likes his worms tartare. Sometimes he likes them well done. As if worms are flammable. (laughs) I mean... Are they not flammable? I mean, you can't just make fireworks out of worms. I mean, but maybe. (laughs) I like when when Boogie smashes the clock on his head and it scares JBL so much that he just falls into the worms and he starts squirming and slipping all around in him. It's so comical, like a cartoon. Man, just like a cartoon. That's what I was thinking. And also, Taz says that there are thousands of millions of worms here. What does that even mean, thousands of millions? I think the the word, I mean, I guess, like, you could have, uh, I guess the word he's looking for was a billion. But I feel like if you had a literal billion worms... That's a lot of worms. I I doubt there were even a million worms. Yeah, I feel like that whole stadium would have been filled with worms. There were, like, maybe 500 worms. Um, do you think, like, like PETA or any other animal rights groups were ever, like, upset? I, you know, I was wondering that as I watched it, because I found myself being a little upset. About the worms? Not necessarily, I mean, okay, I'm not, like, a big worm advocate here, but just dropping, like, hundreds of, like, worms and then just, like, rolling around in them... I don't know. It's just, it feels a little fucked up. Yeah, fair enough. And eating live worms, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I ain't got no, I ain't got no, like, love for the worms, you know? Do you think he got sick? I would. But, I mean, I guess that's, like, the whole point, right? Is, like, you get sick watching it, and WWE wants to make you throw up. I mean, like, did 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 Boogeyman ever get sick from eating worms? Cause I feel like that can't be like good for you, right? I, I mean, it's protein, I guess. Yeah. But I do you think? Do you feel like them squirming around up in you would, you know? Yeah, you think he ever pooped them out whole? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You think he ever pooped them out whole? Oh, oh, um, almost certainly, yeah. He almost certainly had a whole spaghetti situation going on there. Oh, gross. This is turning into feud fight now. (laughs) I was Zach Denmark the whole time. So Boogeyman is going to cap off his exhilarating feud with JBL at the Royal Rumble 2006. First time Boogeyman is going to wrestle on pay-per-view. Michael Cole says something about biting off half half a worm's body and it growing back, and I really don't think that's true. That is a a myth about worms. I think I, that I, I've always heard since I was a kid is that if you cut a worm in half, it it rejuvenates half of it. I don't even think that's a. Is that even a? I don't think I've even heard that as a myth. No, I've definitely heard it, but it's uh, it is a myth. I think it's like because it's like the idea that it creates two worms. Um. Mm. Like a hydra situation. Yeah, I think it's just that, like, if you cut off a piece of a worm, like a segment of a worm, it can grow that segment back. But I'm going to actually have to do, you know, you keep talking. I'm going to do a quick worm Google. I'm going to give everybody these worm facts immediately. Michael Cole has a theory that Boogeyman shakes around because he's acting like a worm. I don't know. I Okay, yeah, and that's what gets dumb here is that they take this, like, regenerative regenerative worm property... And they're like, 
he's able to he's able to regenerate. He's acting like a worm because he eats worms. So if you cut Boogeyman in half, you get two Boogeymans. Is that how we got Little Boogeyman? I oh God, don't even start on that. I well, I will scream. Um, so. JBL is going to use Jillian Hall as a meat shield and push her into Boogeyman again. Um, he crawls on top of her and starts spitting worms onto her. So JBL comes in and starts attacking Boogeyman. They brawl on the outside for a little bit. Jillian distracts the ref while JBL chokes Boogie out with his wrist tape. He attempts the clothesline from hell, but Boogie ducks it and hits the pump handle slam and covers JBL for the three count. And he eats some more worms. And I do have the I have the official word on worms. Quote, and this is from LiveScience.com. If an earthworm is split in two, it will not become two new worms. The head of the worm may survive and regenerate its tail if the animal is cut behind the clitellum. But the original tail of the worm will not be able to grow a new head or the rest of its vital organs and will instead die. So it's kind of half true. In a very literal sense, yes. <laughs> Boogeyman also like can't pick a finisher. Every match he like ends with a different finishing move. I guess he's trying and... them on for size. Yeah. I like I like the reverse power slam kind of thing he does because it's different. But who am I? Um, um but you know, like it's so wild to me that, like, this is what the crowd popped for. They popped for worms, and boy... They loved it! People liked the Boogeyman. Vince just wants to give them as many worms as he can find. Where do you even buy that many worms, Peyton? I don't know. They had to keep going to the worm store? I guess pet stores, like, you buy them for, like, food for other pets, maybe? Yeah, Probably. Going down to PetSmart, getting me a bag of worms. Vince McMahon walks into PetSmart, and a, just a chill goes up everyone's spines. Because they know this man's about oh, to walk out of here no. with a whole dump truck full of worms. Well, guys, you served your purpose. <laughs> now it's time to get eaten. R.I.P. So, Boogeyman is gonna is gonna go into his next feud with another guy he has no goddamn right being in the ring with, but he he will be anyway. Um, that's gonna be Booker T. Um, but here's the thing. This is the most entertaining part of Boogeyman's career because of Booker T. Yes, because Booker T is so good. Booker T is, like, one of the funniest wrestlers. And I don't even know if he tries that hard to be. He's just so goddamn funny. He is. He is hilarious. Um, so I guess if anyone was going to mix it up with Boogie, it was going to be Booker T. Um, although I f I'm, I'm a little bit surprised you did not mention anything about this. So this is uh, the episode of SmackDown on February 2024. Or not 2024. February 24th. Another time he's going to end someone's gimmick because he's having a match against Chad and James Dick, the Dicks. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about... I, I wasn't sure who these guys were, really. Uh, well, no one was. They were very short-lived, and this was their last match in the company. Ah. So, Man, their whole... Boogeyman racking up those kills. Boogeyman's is pretty good. Their whole gimmick is that they're Chippendale dancers, and the whole point of them is to make dick jokes. Ah. So, if you'll notice at the very beginning, they're like, oh, the dicks are trembling. Oh my god. And at one point, one of them is going to get thrown into the announce table, and Charmel, Booker T's wife, who's on commentary, says, Look, the dick got wood. Oh my I can't god. believe you didn't hear that. No, I just... It, okay, the audio for this is um messy and busy, to say the least. Fair. Uh, so that that one went unnoticed by me, but I hate. But it. yeah, no. This the whole point of these guys was so that the commentators could say things like, "Oh, the dicks are really taking a beating." <sighs> just just one just one whole dick joke. Do you think that Vince? I mean, okay, I know the answer to this. I I feel, but do you think that Vince like intentionally makes losers, 
Or, or do you think that he thinks that every character that he comes up with is, like, going to be the next big one? From what I've heard, a lot of times he actually thinks these things can get over. Really? And a lot of the crazier ones he, he he's a big fan of. And he comes up with crazy gimmicks for, like, regular wrestlers. Like, okay, there was this one time, apparently, he... Vince McMahon thought Christian was really ugly for some reason. Like, he personally thought Christian was an ugly person. What? So, he was like, what if he had a gimmick where we just put a blue dot over his face every time he was on camera? Oh, my God. And, yeah, like, that's the kind of shit he comes up with. Well, and the, the, like, that's I'm the thing, sure... though, is, like, you gotta think. Being a wrestler... And being, like, out of whatever whatever league you came out of, you know, this is your shot at the big time. You go into Vince McMahon's office, and he's like, you're eating worms. And you're like, well, shit, my career's over before it's Well, begun. people are just happy to be there. That is true. That is true. Vince McMahon, I mean, you gotta think. The guy is the one who keeps pushing for, like, incest angles. Uh, he thinks farts are really funny. Yeah, is it? He gave Natalia a gimmick where she, and this one actually made it to TV. He gave Natalia, Bret Hart's niece, a gimmick where she just farted a lot. Okay, to be and she would win her matches by farting on people. Do you think he did that partly, partly just because he doesn't like Bret Hart? <laughs> No, because I think at that point they had kind of made amends. Because uh, this was this was not this was like years later. Yeah, this is yeah. in like twenty. I just I just like the idea of I hate your uncle, so now I'm gonna make you a fart gimmick. No, I just think he he just thinks farts are really funny. I, I think I told you about this one time. He wanted to fart on somebody as he was walking about to walk to the ring, but he farted too hard and he pooped his pants. <laughs> he had to walk to the ring with poop pants. Okay, is that where the Vince McMahon walk came from? Uh, I don't think so. I think he walked like that anyway. But it does kind of—he does kind of walk like he's trying to shake a loose turd out of his pant leg. But that's the thing. If you walk like you have uh, uh, depends full of filth, then one day when you do, no one will ever know the difference. Yeah, I guess he was just waiting for that day. <laughs> Playing the long game. Playing the long game, indeed. Uh, well, let's talk about this match. Booker T and Charmel are guest commentators. Booker is saying some great shit like, how does this guy travel? He doesn't have a passport. He doesn't have a driver's license. Yeah, no, who signed this guy? <laughs> like, I love that Booker T is, like, asking the really important questions <laughs> about Boogeyman. Uh, Charmel says, little kids all over the world are going to be eating worms because of the boogeyman. Yeah, and that's where, like, okay, Booker T has some great improv skills because he's like, I heard a story out of blah, 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 of kids on the playground just eating worms because of boogeyman. And it's like, that, what great storytelling. I know. And, and they put Booker as a commentator for a little while, and I, I think that was a great decision. Um... Uh, Booker T also says this great line. He says, did this guy go to wrestling school? Where did he learn that? I have a secret for you. Mar Marty Wright, the boogeyman, did go to wrestling school. He went to Booker T's wrestling school. <laughs> so I think that was kind of a little nod at that. That's really cool, though I think Booker T might need to step up the curriculum some if this is what he's producing. <laughs> I don't think the gimmick came out of there. No, but... I just mean boogeyman's ring prowess as well which probably has yeah. to do with the fact that he's old yeah probably and he keeps getting hurt um so uh boogeyman's gonna beat those dicks and <laughs> oh my good then he's gonna start stalking booker and charmel and they run away through the crowd he dumps a whole bag of worms on the announce table yeah no i just like how he walks up with the bag and they're like what's what could be in that bag it's like guys it's worms it's thumbtacks. Yeah, what if it wasn't worms? Wouldn't that have been, like, really thrown That would have been the best. Um, so uh, we're going to go to WrestleMania 22. I can't believe the Boogeyman is undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah, which is just... <laughs> One and zero. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I will um, say the way that they open this with Booker T backstage in this like the shining thing is hilarious. Yeah, he think he says he's a freak magnet, so he keeps running into freaks. Here are some of the freaks he runs into, and this is the kind of gimmicks we're doing in 2006. Pirate Paul Burchill, a guy who found out that he had pirate ancestors and then decided that he was going to become Captain Jack Sparrow. There you go. Um, Eugene, who is in storyline Eric Bischoff's mentally handicapped nephew. Uh, who, that was a gimmick that lasted way too long. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, like any amount of time is too long. We could do a whole episode about Eugene. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, we got Gene Snitsky, who, uh, is responsible for making Lita miscarry. Oh! And also has a foot fetish. Okay. And then uh, Booker's former tag team partner, Gold Dust, who is Oprah Dust, for some reason. Yeah, because Oprah jokes were funny in 2006. And he encourages Booker to let his inner freak out. Yeah, okay, so Gold Dust implies. <laughs> He's like, Boogeyman wins because he takes the worms and he puts them in his mouth. You have to take it, the worms. It puts the worms in its mouth or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> He's like, you have to take the worms and you have to put them. And then he whispers in his ear. <laughs> and Booker D's like, what? I am not doing that. So apparently the only way to beat Boogeyman is to shove worms in your ass. And as we know, the first person to beat the Boogeyman is going to end up being Finley. So I only can assume that means he put worms up his butt. I guess so. There's really no other logical conclusion to draw. Um, this match is a handicap match with Booker and Charmel. I don't really understand quite why we added Charmel to the match, since she doesn't really, like, do anything in the match. But apparently this match was supposed to be a little bit different, but Boogeyman got legitimately hurt and couldn't really do that much in the ring. So yeah, that's why they because ma- he's super old. Yeah. Yeah, he kept getting hurt. They were actually supposed to have another match um, and didn't end up having it because he was too hurt to compete. Um, so, yeah, we have a pretty short match here. Uh, they even let Boogeyman kick out of the bookend, uh, Booker's finisher. Um, Booker misses a scissors kick, and that's when Boogie pulls out a pocket full... I got a pocket full of pocket full of worms. <laughs> I couldn't decide if I wanted to go with that joke or... Pocket worms. Oh, both good, both good. Like pocket sand. I think, so I I just think did doing both. both was the right choice. Yeah, for sure. Two jokes at one. Always better. Um, Charmel is going to come in with Bookie's stink staff and try to hit him with it, but instead he kisses her with a mouthful of worms. Yeah, sexual assault with worms. You know, I feel like we need some air only- there. Only only the second time Charmel has been sexually assaulted by one of Booker T's rivals. Oh, really? What Do I want to know the first? Kurt Angle. Gross. Started stalking her and saying that he 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 likes he likes dark women. Oh my god. Um Charmel's gonna run for her life. Boogeyman choke bombs Booker for the three count. He eats worms and he leaves as he does. You know, I feel like on the show, I feel like we used to like really dive into the more problematic elements of these matches and like really discuss, you know, where the WWE has done wrong and, and all that. And now, now we've just been doing it for so long that like it, it comes up so often. That we just can't, we physically cannot and should not repeat those same conversations because it would get boring for our audience. Yeah. But just, you know, wow. Just wow. Yeah, don't kiss women with worm mouth. Um. But yeah, like, okay, so why does Boogeyman get to beat Booker T at WrestleMania? Because they saw something in him, apparently. They wanted to make him this big monster. I just, I feel like, okay, when is the the point that people started to turn on Boogeyman? 
Um, right around the time he kept getting injured and having to like and disappearing from TV for months, which is which is not long after this. Ah, yeah, that'll do it, huh? Yeah, he kept getting hurt, and so they kept having to take him off TV. And eventually, they were like, "All right." Do you bye. think, if not for his injuries, that Boogeyman could be a household name? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> no. Because WWE does this all the time, these people, these crazy gimmicks, they bring in, like, the great Kali, and they have him beat the fucking Undertaker and win the world title, and then they realize, oh, someone who's eight feet tall can't be a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess, I guess, you know, you know, Boogeyman, you know, is kind of become an old hat. He's, uh, you know, getting a little stale, so they decide to spice it up and give him a partner. So he ends up having a feud with Finley, who ends up getting the first ever win over Boogeyman uh, when uh, Little Bastard distracts him, which Little Bastard was the name that they used to call Hornswoggle before they decided to give him like a name that was a little bit more PG. Oh, I didn't realize that that was the Swoggle right there. Oh my god. So Peyton. you're trying to tell me you thought that there were two leprechaun little person wrestlers in WWE at the around the same time. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, literally there are in this match. Okay, but they're not both leprechaun based. Okay, I I you know, I never realized that Hornswoggle was leprechaun based. I always thought that he was just like he's a little person that's the joke. I but oh, no, no, no. His whole gimmick is he's a leprechaun. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. Hate, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's Hornswoggle there, known there as Little Bastard. JBL says, JBL's like, he's got a name. Basically, he was Little Bastard when he was a heel, but he turned face, they named him Hornswoggle. JBL says, his parents' names are not Mr. and Mrs. Bastard. Yeah. Um... So Hornswoggle is going to run under the ring because he's scared of Little Boogeyman. You know, they couldn't have come up with a better name. Yeah, wow, very creative. Um, He's Boogeyman, but tiny. And it's just so, I mean, yeah, matches with little people in them are oftentimes very uh, offensive and disgusting. And, uh, you know, no, no one match more so than this one. Um... JBL has a great line here, though. He says, I'm sitting here in the Staples Center watching a horror movie, and it's not exactly a very good one. I know. He says, in fact, it's a bad one. And I was like, wow, way to really sum up not only this match, but this man's whole gimmick. I almost wonder if, if you know, JBL was, like, being a little bit uh, realistic, you know, because he is a guy who had to lose to Boogeyman. Yeah, that can't feel good. Yeah. Um... And then uh, Michael Cole says, can I correct you about something? I think Boogeyman eats inchworms. Ha ha. I do like the uh, all the talk that they're having oh, over, like... Oh, inchworms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, you're really, you're really slacking here, aren't you? he's a little person, Peyton. Small. Yeah. Inches small. Small funny. Small funny. Um... Here's the thing about, like, little people as wrestlers is that, like, I feel like that's not something we're ever going to, like, it's ever not going to be, like, used for comedy. I Do they even do it anymore? No, not, I mean, they have never done it with any regularity, but, I mean, every now and then they'll do it, or every now and then they'll be, like, if someone's in a gimmick, they'll, like, try to embarrass them by bringing out a little version of someone, because, because when, when you're little, you're not big man. <sighs> you're not big man. But that's like, okay, this was in 2007, and I was already like, ooh, yikes, that's too late for you to be doing this kind of stuff. I mean, they still do that in 2019? I don't know when the last time they did it was, but, I mean, Hornswoggle still shows up every now and then. Um, oh my god. But yeah, like, okay, how much do you think they paid Little Boogeyman for this? Like, how much was that man's dignity worth? I, I want to say very little. Oh, that just reminds me, though. I have a joke for you. 
was it better than the unintentional pun you just made? Oh, wait. Did I make a pun? What did I say? I said, how much did he get paid? How much was his dignity worth? And you said, very little. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, I did do that on purpose, for sure. Um, No, I, I, I do have a joke for you, though. How do you make a tissue, tissue dance? I don't know, Peyton, how. You put Chris Holyfield in it. Uh, That's the guy who plays Little Boogie. Uh, Get it? Uh, Here's the other thing about Little Boogie. He does this match, and then he does a rematch that they have. But he never, like, shows up again. So he, like, doesn't stay a part of Boogeyman's character. Also, okay. I feel like kicking a little person's a hate crime. Yeah. Yeah? So, I mean, we definitely see a fair amount of that here. Yeah. Very upsetting. Yeah, they did do a a, a, a storyline one time where Vince McMahon beat Hornswoggle so bad they said he had, like, internal, like, brain bleeding. Why does and, the WWE love hate crimes? And Vince McMahon at the time was supposed to be his dad in storylines. It was basically like they were simulating child abuse. Nice. Which, I mean, Vince McMahon has literally beaten his own children before. So, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is true. They didn't even get paid for it, probably. <laughs> hey, it's volunteer work. <laughs> um, yeah, Little Boogie, you know, comes in, jumps on Finley. Horny, Horny is my shorthand for Hornswoggle. He, try, he tries to do, mix it up in there, but he really just doesn't really do anything in this match. Uh, he just kind of runs around. Um, and Little Boogie scares him off with some worms. Honestly, I think Little Boogie Man wrestles more in this match than Big Boogie Man does. I think you're right about that. Um, Hornswoggle gets chased off, and uh, and f- the ref is distracted, so Finley hits Little Boogie with the shillelagh and pins him for the win. And thus, one gimmick overtakes another. Yeah. But it is crazy to me that they didn't even let him beat Boogeyman clean. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's a cheating man. I, I guess so. But, um... So, Boogeyman is going to kind of disappear after a while for injuries and, you know, to uh, get trained to go to... Res- so he goes to wrestling school and, and tries to learn how to wrestle at Booker T and Stevie Ray's school. Um, he is eventually, uh, gonna show up on ECW when, when WWE decides to relaunch ECW on the Sci-Fi Network, so they gotta bring all the weird, crazy gimmicks, so you gotta have Boogeyman on the Sci-Fi Network. Because that's what extreme means. It means all the weird wrestlers that no Mm -hmm. one likes. (laughs) And he's gonna, uh... He's going to debut and beat Matt Stryker, beginning a feud with him. Matt Stryker's gimmick is that he's a teacher because Matt Stryker really was a teacher and got fired from teaching because he would use his sick days to go wrestle. Oh, my God. That is a real story. Um, And he was caught because he showed up on WWE and one of his students recognized him. Yeah, I mean, that's bound to happen. That is like yeah. Why would really... like that's not that smart if you're gonna like use your sick days to go appear on national television? Yeah. Um. So my mom's a teacher, and the principal she has right now almost got fired for doing that, but not with wrestling, but with the NFL draft. Oh, nice. But she didn't, so that's cool. Yeah. No, but he totally should have been. Yeah. Matt Stryker was not, uh, I, as a wrestler, he's kind of forgettable, but as a commentator, commentator, he was pretty good because he really knows his shit. Like, you could tell he's a wrestling fan. And you can tell he knows uh, things because he's given us these worm facts, Peyton. Yeah. So, Boogeyman loves appearing on, uh, on wrestling talk show segments. Um, because we're doing Stryker's Classroom, where Matt Stryker... Because he uses he's a, he used to be a teacher, he does his teacher gimmick, and he starts talking to us about worm facts. 
And man, um, what good facts they are. Worms are hermaphrodites. They uh they make babies by rubbing their their clitella on each other. They lay eggs. Can't believe we're talking about worm clits. Yeah, okay. Not exactly the same thing, but it's still close enough and gross enough. Um he, he says, uh, but the funny thing is he's got some worms on his desk and Boogeyman's trying to eat them because he just can't resist, you know? He can't resist those slimy, wriggly boys. He does say something really funny. He's, he's like, you're freaking me out, man. <laughs> um, but he says, what Boogie is doing to him ends right now. And out comes Big Daddy V, who uh, was formerly Viscera, a member of Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, and Mabel, who won the King of the Ring. Um, they decide to give him this new gimmick where his tits are hanging out. Yeah, um, and his whole gimmick is big man that will almost certainly die of heart failure. And he did. Oh, I hate being <laughs> I hate being right. So I don't know long. if it was heart failure. It probably was, but he's definitely dead. Um. Yeah, that's the thing with, like, okay... There's oh cause of death heart attack. I am a I am a a oracle a seer of the future. Okay, but if 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 someone is that big, right? I think even they know they're gonna die of a heart attack. That's the thing is like same with the great Kali. Like when you're when your thing is big, dude. Like you. Are really playing with fire there. That's there's too big of a dude. Yeah. And then but, especially to put your body through the strain of wrestling on top of that is just yikes. Yeah. So Big Daddy V is gonna attack Boogeyman, slam him on top of Matt Striker's desk, and then through the chalkboard. And just like he said, where uh, he he's. He's taken over, and the Boogeyman gimmick is in its dying days. Yep, and there you go. Is you just have Which, you have someone else, you like Big Man gimmick come in, and then suddenly your scary Worm Man gimmick gone forever. Well, not forever. To be fair, but, you know, gone from popularity. Boogeyman does last until two thousand nine, and I would have put more Boogeyman stuff in here, but he really, literally does not do anything else. Yeah, I figured after he this. Didn't. Uh, it's so weird the way the company gets attached to some people and not others. Because he, he, ta- he takes off for injuries again. His return gets delayed. He makes a few quick appearances, but he really does not do anything or have any other feuds and stuff. He's made a few sporadic appearances here and there. He, uh, he uh, was a surprise entrant in the 2015 Royal Rumble. Um he uh, showed up on uh, the Raw reunion show this July. Um, but, yeah, he just kind of shows up and eats worms and leaves, you know. Classic boogie stuff. Yeah, like, I just, I don't understand why I feel like with many other wrestlers can and have been fired for, for you know, whatever, for being gone too long or, or, or whatever. And what is with this weird, almost, loyalty to Boogeyman? Like, Vince must have really liked Boogeyman. I guess so. Well, here's the thing. He didn't do anything wrong. He just got he just got hurt a lot, you know? Yeah, and I, I get that you can't help that, necessarily. But I just feel like a lot of people have done nothing wrong. You know, like, what did, what did the dicks do wrong that ended their career? Being dicks. Oh, nice one. Well, and I think the Boogeyman, so I think the reason they didn't want to fire Boogeyman is is around that time is when WWE started taking the, their wrestlers' health a lot more seriously because Chris Benoit dies in 2007. Oh. So the WWE has taken on this policy of they really don't want to let people go because of uh, health issues. They WWE surprisingly has some pretty good health policies now, like uh, – they pay for all current and former wrestlers to go to rehab. So even if they fire you, 
they'll still pay for your rehab. Well, that is, I mean, that is good. I'm glad that that is But there. the wrestlers also don't have health insurance and have to pay for their own hotels and their own gas money and their own plane tickets to go to yeah. events. So, I mean. It's just a shame that that is born out of one of our guys killed his entire family. And, yeah. like, that's why we're doing it. Not because it's the right thing to do, but because we just don't want someone to kill their entire family again. Yeah. Or That's at least true. we don't want people to know about it. <laughs> we don't want it to be our fault. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's Boogeyman, one of the strangest gimmicks to ever really last. I mean, there have certainly been stranger gimmicks, but none that have uh, had this, you know— have been on life support for that long. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think as far as, like, gimmick characters go, I think really the longest-lasting The Reigning King is the gobbledygooker, of course. Oh, yes. Yes, because the gobbledygooker just went back into his egg. Exactly. He will emerge again someday, uh, much like Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Uh... Well, that's going to about do it for this edition of Turnbuckle Training. Uh, we want to encourage you to join us uh, in two weeks. So we're going to be shifting gears. We're actually going to talk about something uh, good, some good wrestling. We're going to look at uh, NWA Power, the return of the NWA on television, brand new show uh, on YouTube that's kind of Blending together some old school wrestling styles and some some modern day wrestling styles, um, so that that one should be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it sounds sounds fun. I mean, I'm sure that the boogeyman is not going to be there, so like, what's the point in watching it? But yeah, sounds fun. What would you do <laughs> if the boogeyman was on this on that show? I would lose my mind. Well, thankfully, as far as I know, he is not. Uh, we want to remind you, again, you could keep up with us 24-7 on Twitter by going to at Turnbuckle Train. And uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover on here. More spooky gimmicks? We can do it for you. Yeah, torture us with your suggestions. Thanks for listening. It's me, Austin! Woo! The numbers don't lie! And they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch. I did it for the run. Get ready for the bonkerest event of the summer. A Three Big Dudes production. Starring me, professional toe sucker. No, we won't talk about that, but we will talk about Waluigi, Dog with a Blog, the similarities between Alf and Cousin Skeeter, and of course, the Slithler. It's Feud Fight, where we take the wild questions most people won't touch and give our scalding hot takes. And I also say terrible things that could loosely be considered word crimes, just to keep things a little spicy. Every Monday, wherever you find your podcasts.